time for another episode of Dom Day Tales. Welcome to episode 19. I hope you're ready for a big one. I'm your host, Justin, and once again, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, the janitors of jocularity, the princes of the preposterous. Here they are once again, Cote, Donnie, and Babe. Dizzy Patterson, our executive pro producer, has his cooler stocked and is ready for a few laughs as always. Gentlemen, as I said, tonight's going to be a big episode. Our first show with a pair of second-generation players. Cote, who do you think it's going to be? I'm thinking hard about this one. I, I, I'm leaning, and, and Patterson's going to kick me upside the head, but um, I, I think via New Zealand, I think it's going to be Case's oldest guy is going to call in. I, I'm hoping that's who it is. Um, I believe he's down there on a tree assignment in New Zealand. Uh, maybe I'm incorrect, babe, but is that where he is right now? That's that exactly where he is, Paul. Yes, you're yep. right. And uh, so I'm I'm hoping that's who it is because then he'll have some good tales and shit like that. Anybody else be a fucking disaster. <laughs> babe, who do you think it is? I think for sure it's the Blacharskis. No question. I'm looking forward to talking to them too. Great stuff. It's Donnie, what about the, you? It's going to take the whole program just to learn how to spell their last name. <laughs> Donnie, who do you think it is? I don't know. I, I have a I have a feeling it might be a bit of a shocker. We might have uh, Billy Griffiths and Brian Broadhurst offspring on here tonight. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> their names are. are, that would be a classic. Like, <laughs> I don't hear any farm animals. <laughs> All righty, guys. Why don't we welcome out tonight's guests? our first ever episode with two second generation players. These guys have won a combined eight Dom Day titles, tying them for the most among second generation players. <laughs> Hopefully somebody told these two, this is an unpaid appearance. Hold on to your wallets, it's cash and cabbage. Please welcome to the show, Ian and Spencer McRae. Woo! Not a big deal. Welcome. Thank you for the invite, fellas. Justin, it still it still amazes me how you find uh, two adjectives before each uh, podcast to describe these three buffoons that are before me. But uh, I appreciate the effort you put in. I've got a really big dictionary. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't want to hear, but you're <laughs> uh, great. So it's good to have you guys on here. Uh, we're we're going to change we're going to change some gears. Um, Spencer, you know, we had your, your mom on the, uh, on the last episode and she told us she left us a gift behind you on the, on the wall. Apparently your silver brick is, is still uh, sitting behind <laughs> you. So uh, she wanted us to make sure that we knew that. Um, so why don't we start with some introductions? I mean, everybody knows who you two are. Uh, if they don't, they for sure know who your fathers are um, and probably have bought them a beer or two. But why don't we start with you, Ian? Uh, let's start with your rookie year. Uh, do you know what year it was and who you played for? I want to say it was 08 or 09. I'm leaning towards 09. And uh -oh. I played on uh, Frank's Tavern. That was my first team. Any good memories? How was Frank as a coach? He was pretty good. Uh, he placed me at third base. So obviously being the first generation McRae, uh, or sorry, second generation McRae at third base next to the, you know, Raggers Row was pretty difficult. Um, but it was a good experience. So that must have been then prior to them realizing that the young guys could run a little quicker if you were playing the infield at, at 18, 19 years old. Oh, I was 16 when I was doing that. 16? So that, that was even that was even crazier. Um, 
but I, I remember in my first game they were they were ragging me hard because I let a couple of balls pass me and then I snagged one right out of the air and that shut them up pretty good. So uh, that, <laughs> that's one thing I do remember from that. And have they been quiet ever since or are they still ragging you? No, they're still on me. But, you know, that's uh, that comes with the territory of being Al's kid. Fair enough. And we'll talk a bit about being Al's kid in a second. But first, let's introduce the other guy, Spencer. Spencer, why don't you tell us a bit about your rookie year and who you played for? Uh, I played for the Grays. I think I played, my first year was, I want to say, 2009. I was 15. Um, I was very, very small. And I sucked. Like, it was horrible. I tried, I tried calming down my nerves in the, in the outfield and it was literally impossible. I tried like just doing like anything I could. People were like, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then I, I would hear the ball hit the bat and I would take an immediate like 10 steps just off routine in. And it was like always over my head and like gone. I'm just like, this is going to be a long weekend. <laughs> Don't forget that first strikeout. Oh my God. Don't worry, I did the same thing too. Yeah. A lot of people have been part of having Les Brunell as your batting coach and baseball coach. <laughs> who, style. Who's, whose team was the Grays? Gord's. Gordy's. Oh, Gord's. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you played for your dad for your <laughs> one. What was, what was that like playing for Gordy as a rookie? As you said, trying to calm your nerves. I'm sure Gordy was a real calming influence. Oh, uh, he was um, like a yoga instructor, said no one ever. But, um, <laughs> Like I remember the weekend or like the, it was either a Saturday night heading back to the hotel after we'd been totally eliminated. And I think Kimmy asked him in the car, she goes, what do you think happened with your team, Gordy? And without even hesitation, she says, I drafted our son. And I was like, friggin' dick. I doesn't like to sugarcoat it. No. And like, like you know he's kidding but like the way he said it he was like pretty pissed off too he he lost his team and he didn't win a game and he was just like walking back to the tent everyone who's anybody who knows gordy was like giving it to him because if if he's if they screw up you know gordy's giving it to them so it was just one of those things where it was just like oh my god but well well I will say, Spencer, as somebody who played for the Grays and, and our executive producer, Dizzy Patterson, was a rookie on the Grays, I will say I'm pretty glad to hear that he blamed you and not not us for that <laughs> loss. So we'll take that one to the bank. Babe, do you want to jump I, in there? I, I got a question. Uh, you know, how did you decide between the gray sweats within the house who got who got to wear what? I actually don't wear gray sweatpants. I actually like prefer to have my legs out in the open so I can at least get a tan because I, I see him like it'll be... I remember being pretty young and we would be doing yard work and he would always, always have track pants on. Like it would be like a plus 35 degree day and he would be wearing like borderline long sleeve shirts and track pants. And I'm like, how haven't you not passed out yet? Like, it's like, (laughs) it defies science. Like it's wild. So, okay. So this is getting us to our next topic that we wanted to talk about growing up in McRae. Um, and I'm sure that growing up in McRae was, was interesting at the best of times. And, and uh, why don't we start with you, Ian? Um, you had an interesting story about, about Al 
uh, at a concert. But before we hop into the concert story, what do you? Why don't you tell us a bit about what it was like to grow up with with Al as, as a father? Uh, you know, uh, used to him being a coach. Obviously, he was a coach of my hockey team from, you know, house league all to AAA. So, you know, it's got, got used to a lot of quiet car rides on uh, on that, similar to Spinner after I'm sure he uh, eliminated the Grays that year until Kimmy obviously piped up. But uh, no, it was great, you know. Um, it, it was always fun. We were always playing sports and stuff, whether it was uh, doing down, out, and downs of football in the backyard or uh, even baseball. He would actually pin me and my sister against each other in a lot of these things. Um but yeah, it was always a good time uh, in the McRae household. So Unless you lost, then it was a little, uh, little quiet. So I was going to say, we know that Spencer played for the Grays. Did you ever play for the Dogs? Yes, I did. I played for the Dogs twice. Uh, I was a part of their uh, swan song season, I believe. <laughs> and and so what you're what you're telling us is the McRae men should never draft their sons by the sounds of it. And Not confirm. A, yeah, I can. I'll agree with that. <laughs> So why don't you tell us a bit then, Ian? You had a good story about a time you went to a concert with Al. Why don't you oh, tell us about this? Uh, this would have been a couple of years ago. Uh, my mom ended up scoring some tickets to uh, the Who. They were doing their uh, their 40th or 50th re, uh, tour or uh, for Quadrophenia. So they were doing that front to back. So we were going to ACC uh, to go watch the concert. And, um, you know, obviously me and, me and Hal, we both... Uh, we both liked to uh, smoke a joint every now and then. Uh, and obviously I snuck a couple into the concert myself. Uh, but as I'm going in, this is my first time walking into the ACC and I'm seeing signs all over the place saying uh, the who respectfully requests that nobody or there's no smoking in the building. And, you know, I'd gone to concerts earlier in the year where I just kind of ignored, <laughs> ignored that stuff and nothing had ever happened. <laughs> so anyways, we go into our seats and we wait for the lights to go down. The show starts and I spark one up and I'm looking around. Security's actually like keeping a good eye on everything. So, uh, you know, I whisper over to Al, hey, you know, blow, blow it down to the seats in front of us. If you do that, it doesn't, doesn't show any smoke or anything. So I, you know, I light it up. I hand it over to him. He just takes a deep inhale and just blows it up right into the air. Big plume of smoke just comes up and you can see security looks right at us. I'm looking <laughs> down I'm like, oh, God, they, they, they know it's us. And obviously it passed around to the people behind us. They're all blowing it into the seats and everything. So, you know, the security kind of goes back its way, comes back to me. I take another puff and, you know, hand it over to Al to finish, um, to finish it off. And of course, again, he deep inhale, big plume of smoke right up into the air. Again, security starts walking right along the, where the rink usually is, starts walking right up the stairs. He's, hands it back to me so it's still smoking in my hand and i got it right in between my legs as security comes up looking right at both of us and they just tap him on the shoulder saying you know sir we're gonna have to take you out of the venue or talk to you down at the bottom so i still got the smoking joint in between my legs and they're just taking al away because he's the only one that they can vigilantly say he's been being a being an idiot <laughs> so anyways they take him down and security comes back to me they say, hey, do you want to talk to him before we uh, kick him out of the venue? Say, All right, whatever. So I go down. Meanwhile, security's already kicked him out, so I go down there for no reason. I'm pissed off. Uh, whatever. He'll wait in the car for me until the concert's done, even though there was another two hours to go. 
So I walk back to my seat and the people around me, you know, you okay? You know, was that your dad? Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll be okay. A couple songs go by, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and I feel a tap at my shoulder. And I look back, Al's back in the venue. And uh, funny enough, the guy who was scanning our tickets at the door was a friend of his from work. So he just walked back around when they kicked them out, goes to the door that his buddy's working and walks right back in and manages to take some empty seats that were right up top, uh, just a couple rows up from us. And he was able to watch the rest of the concert with me. So, you know, I was going to say that ain't, that's not his first rodeo, is it boys? No, he's got a horseshoe up his ass for things like that. He's been thrown out of a couple other venues too. Yeah. Yeah. What a Only a couple of son effort that is, man. Oh, it was beautiful. Couldn't ask for a better uh, story than that. So, Spencer, what about you? I mean, growing up with with Gord, we talked a bit about kind of your indoctrination as a uh, as a gray. But why don't you tell us a bit about what it was like, you know, growing up with Gord? Do you have any memories uh, like that that you could share with us? Uh, <clears throat> a few, I would say. Uh, I remember when um, me and him, or him and I, we went with a tavern and. Uh, Every single time it's it's brought up, he looks at me and just goes, "You're welcome." Always, if we ever win together, anything happens, or we're together, and it's like always a good outcome. Like even even at the men cup, like, if anything happens, he'll just like look and be like, "You're welcome," and I'm like, "Shut up, you idiot!" Always, but I remember one time um, it was. With, actually with, with the tavern as well and i remember my first game that i won after going over and i remember donnie bringing me the uh ball that he signed <laughs> said congrats on your first win cabbage and i was like this is real this is happening i won and then i went on to win the actual tournament which which felt nice but uh yeah it's it was a good feeling yeah that's good stuff kote you wanted to jump in yeah i um i know that my son Spencer and Spencer McCray are, I think, a year apart. I don't know who's who's older, but we certainly would bump into the McCrays at lacrosse tournaments around the province and, and that. And it was always entertaining to watch um, Cabbage's dad, our dear Gordy, coach from the other side of the glass. He was very good at being very uh, animated towards very loud, going, very loud, and what was going on in the floor. A little, little more than most parents. So. I always had a good chuckle out of that. And, uh, and, uh, dear Spencer here, who I have a great, a lot of admiration, great amount of admiration for, I felt for him because uh, sometimes it was very difficult and, uh, it's, it, uh, he, he kind of fought his way through it and stuff like that, but it was always good, good to see Gordy jumping up and down against the glass. What was, was, was he, was he a bitcher at the refs or was he, uh, a little bit directing, the, directing the kids or, or, you know, I'll put it this way. Um, there was a time when I was pretty young that I could not wrap my head around offside. Like that rule was just like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't figure out where the blue line was. And so there were certain times where I would go offside and the one game had happened like six times. And all you hear is like, can you yell on the podcast or no? Yeah. All you hear is offside. And you would know hundred percent. It was Gordy. And even Kimmy on, on some of the wait on some of the rides home, she'd be like, Gord, you know, you're the loudest person in the, in the arena by far, like the loudest person, like people who are like parking their car outside of the venue can hear you yelling. this." <coughs> and he's like, I don't care. He's going to learn offside. 
And I'm like, well, it hasn't happened yet. So keep trying. So Spencer, Spencer, maybe the next question I need to ask you is obviously you're recording this from the same seat that Kimmy did. How far away is Gord right now? Is he within earshot of you? Oh, no, he's in bed. Oh, he's in bed. Okay. So we can talk about Gord all night and we don't have to worry about, you know, you getting spotted. Baby, you wanted to jump in? Yeah. And he won't listen to this for sure. (laughs) (laughs) He might listen to it just to cut it up. No, he can't, he can't figure out how to play it is what babe's saying. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to watch him hook up his own Skype for his own podcast was hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure I'm he was like, that was able to do it. Yeah. Even uh, yeah. he was like, just, just log into Skype. They gave you a password and everything. He's like, what's Skype? And I'm just like, oh my God, it's going to be a long night. Pim- pimple on your ass. Gordy. The friggin' the computer froze and went to sleep and he goes, I'm dead. What happened? I'm dead. And I'm like, that's a loaded statement, but okay. And I was like, holy oh. shit. Awesome. Oh, so we're going to talk a bit about growing up at Dom Day, guys, with, with uh, you two, obviously, being a big part of Dom Day for, for many years. Um, and, you know, Dizzy and I did a little bit of recon, um, Spencer, on, on you, and, and um, we reached out to, to your cousins for some stories about you as, as a youngster at, at Dom oh, Day. Boy. And one of the, the first stories, and I can, I can actually remember this vividly, and, and um, myself as well, was, was talking about the Spencer McRae t- timed runs around the field. Do you remember the timed runs around the field? Unfortunately, I do. Do you want uh, to tell, tell the group about them? I must have been probably just old enough to run. So probably like seven or eight. And I was just kind of like happy to be at the park, just kind of with the cousins, with the boys, just like little. I can remember when, when I first got there, like to any anytime I case field or anytime I was ever around any sort of Dom day function or event, I always like looked for the boys, whether it was Bobby Mack, you know, Ian, Mike, Kevin, Colin, whoever it was. And, um, I, I pretty sure I pissed them the hell off with how young I was and like how like just bugging them to like play whatever game that I was like in the mood for. And they were like, Holy shit, here we go. More hide and seek Jesus Christ. And so <laughs> I remember them being, um, uh, or Kevin would pipe up, Hey, go run a lap and we'll, and we'll time you. We'll see how it goes just to kind of get me out of their hair and kind of like for them, for their own like entertainment. But I remember um, coming in as my rookie year, one like distraction story here, Justin, just sorry for this, but um, it's about you and Dewey. And uh, I remember Gordy brought me to shoot the shit night and we were at Moxie's and um, we weren't allowed in because I was too young and Bobby Brandt lost his mind. I was like, why the fuck is he here? You can't drink here. Why the hell is he here? Gordy, what the fuck are you doing? And so <laughs> I remember um, uh, I was made, to, or I, was, I stayed in the actual restaurant part and not, not in the bar. And I remember you, Justin, and Dewey kept me company. And I remember like that hit home for me. And that I realized like how special Dom Day was to be a part of because you guys we're obviously old enough to drink and old enough to have a good time and to be shooting the shit with the other guys. And you guys said, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out with spinner for a bit, go and enjoy your drinks. And I was like, these guys are willing to like sacrifice their night to make sure that I'm like, you know, not bored and lonely. And I was like, that's huge. So I, I, so I, I appreciate that from you guys too. So. Awesome stuff. So Spencer, we're going to get back to the timed run though, because oh there God. is a funny story here. So, <laughs> I thought I broke free from that. <laughs> no, no, I know you oh. tried to get away from it. 
But for those, obviously, you know, from our side of it, I mean, I remember Spencer as, as this young, lanky kid who always had a shaved head. Still and lanky. Yeah. It's, no, not as lanky as you used to be, but you'd come, you know, we'd see you kind of with that little hop, skip and a jump kind of walking over from third baseline. And we knew exactly what you were coming over for. Oh, yeah. And and the boys, obviously, you were the youngest of, of the group at the time. And and the guys would send you out to do a lap and, and you know, we'd pretend to time you. <laughs> And you'd get back and you'd go, what was my time? And we go, oh, minute 50. And you go, that's slower than the last time. And then we'd be like, well, you got to do it again. And of course, he'd take a couple (laughs) seconds, catch his breath, and then he'd go out and do the lap again. And he'd come back and he'd go, wow, what was my time? And we go, a minute 52 this time. You're getting slower. Maybe take a breath. He'd go, no, I got to go again. And he'd go and he'd keep running and keep running. And then every once in a while, one of the other guys, he'd go, how quick can you do it? So we'd send out a Bobby Filman or a Colin or somebody and they'd go and do a lap and they'd come back and we'd be like, a minute 15. And Spencer would be so upset that these guys killed it, that they killed his time. So those were some of the funny things, I guess, kind of as a, as a kid with Spencer. Um, But he always had a good spirit about him. I mean, for a guy (laughs) who knew that he was getting razzed by the younger guys, I think as he got older, he started to catch on to it. Um, Always wanted to be around the, around his older brother, older, uh, older cousin. So a lot of good times with that. So Ian, I'm going to have you jump in here talking about kind of how you grew up at, at Dom Day. Why don't you tell us some of the memories you have uh, in your early Dom Day years? Well, I was, uh, I was kind of all over the place. Uh, some of my earliest memories, um, I used to hang out with uh, young Jordan Patterson. So my dad would stick me over with uh, Casey's kid and we'd have fun sort of along the uh, end of the first baseline, sort of after where all the uh, chairs had ended, we'd sort of hang out and, fuck around under the under the trees around there um and you know as i get older um you know sort of hanging around the uh vip tent area so the the young delmos and all them uh young uh jed dolomore uh always playing catch with him behind the tent there and everything um but i knew a lot of um like the woods and the filmings and everything obviously uh through uh kimmy mccray my aunt there uh there's the family connection through the filmings so i grew up uh playing hockey against uh colin woods and you know just uh going to family events and everything you'd see the filmings in the woods is there so it's really it's really been a a big family thing for me for as long as i can remember to be honest and um and you talked a bit about in in some of your notes about the other side of the family the burnett's what are some of your memories about them as part of dom day uh, well, actually, I think it was in episode two or three, I believe you were uh, teasing the guest host or the guest, sorry, on the podcast. And uh, Babe actually mentioned my two uncles in that one, uh, Davey and Brian Burnett. So uh, my mother, um, obviously being their sister, um, they, they actually grew up on Barhead, just a couple of houses down from the Pattersons. Uh, so, uh, Case Field's been in, uh, or, or near my family, at least on my mother's side for, uh, forever. I mean, I, I was always around the field, uh, when we do family events at the Burnett's. So it was, uh, I was, I was never far from the field, uh, for my entire life. So that was, um, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I don't, I don't think Davey and Brian have played in Domde for, uh, for a very long time, but I, <laughs> One of my actually earliest Dom Day memories is um, 
Davey loved the liquor back in the day. <laughs> and I, uh, no, I, I just, I just, I, I vividly remember him. So I'm watching from the VIP tent. Uh, it's sort of just right behind the cages there. And my mom's yelling, Davey, you're too drunk. You can't be, you shouldn't be playing anymore. And he's leaning up against the fence, holding himself up, just ah, whatever. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as you, you don't really understand what's going on at the time, but you know, now that when you think about it back, uh, back to it, he was pretty, pretty juiced. And from what, from what I, what I'm told, yeah, he, uh, he used to love doing that, especially at Dom day. So yeah. I'm not sure about this fucking VIP pet tent. What was that all about? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, who, who's the VIP in the tent? Yeah. Been there very it, was, it was the it was the Delmos, the McCrays. Uh, yeah. We just leech off of them, you know. We just we just we don't want to pay for our own tent, so we just use theirs for shelter. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you are you allowed in the tent? I don't even think I'm allowed to swing by that tent. You can stand outside it, but you definitely can't step under yeah. it. I don't, I don't know. I think at this point it's squatters' rights where they can't really kick us out. So it's five right. bucks for shade. Right. Yeah, exactly. A Scottish invitation, right? A Scottish <laughs> invitation. You just fucking walk in. Yep. You can't sit here. <laughs> so five five bucks for shade, obviously. How how did the McCrays get under there? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to. Uh, that's a good question. Either Al or Heather might know the answer to that one, but uh, I don't know. I think the Delmazis just uh, happened to have a soft spot for yeah, us. Yeah, they, so they, 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 they took a they shining. Let, they let us underneath the tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Took yeah. a shot to the kids. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once Gordy didn't need cigarettes after Marooks or Westy anymore, he went down to that tent. <laughs> yeah. Cote, speaking of Brian Burnett, what's your fondest memory of him? Or Brian babe, Burnett? Babe? Yeah. Yeah. Maryland. If I say the word Brian Burnett, what do you think? <laughs> Marilyn Tart. Marilyn Tart. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, that's what all year? What year was that? What year would that have been? Same, done? same year. That was the same one we were, on the last episode. We were talking about the one we played on the opposite diamond. That was '91. Yeah, Man, yeah. But, I'm telling you what, the Burnett family—they were great people. Uh, and Brian, you know, used to cut my mom's lawn. You know, when my dad passed away, and and he was unbelievable. You know, helping out around my my mom's place. So, got nothing but you know, great memories and respect for him. Boy, I can tell you that. And Davey was such a fun guy. Like he was, uh, you know, he was a loose cannon in a way. And then Heather was, you know, she was, your, your mom's a great person. Just, just loud. Like, yeah. Loud. Davey used to have yeah. that amazing that, glove. That's the, the first fan of the year right there. Yeah, yep. exactly. Davey had that glove in the outfield and before Dash and, and Spinner, but uh, he, he would, he would hold it like an envelope coming at it. And half the time <laughs> it was be in the shut position and the ball would just bounce off the glove. And then his it melon. Was, yeah, it was classic. Nobody else worked a glove like Davey Burnett. <laughs> so one of the other things that we, we had talked about kind of as you guys grew up is is we talked a bit about baseball, but but golf. Um, I think the McRae foursome, which is now a fivesome, has become a mainstay at the Dom Day, Dom Day annual golf tournament. Um, and always a treat to golf behind. Uh, sometimes, you know, a little bit of slow pay, play. Always noisy, not much etiquette, but boy, is it a laugh behind these these guys when they're out there on the golf course. Um, Spencer, why don't you tell us a bit about what it's like to be a part of that McRae foursome? One slight correction, there's zero etiquette. But um, I remember when I first went golfing, I had like, I was, I had no experience golfing whatsoever. And my golf bag 
was literally um has anyone seen harry potter when uh, they have that sorting hat like my first golf bag was literally like look something like that just like no structure just a friggin' bag with four clubs i had a driver a nine iron a pitching wedge and a putter that's all i had and so after the after the first first golf <laughs> on the way home gord's like yeah we have to buy you a new golf bag and new golf clubs because that's embarrassing and i was like I have no money, man. That's up to you. So it took us a while to get to a full-on golf bag. But So after a few years, you guys found enough left behind on the golf course to give you a set, it sounds like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Ian, tell us a bit about your experiences with the uh, McRae foursome. Oh, I, I got to give all the credit to Gordian Spinner. They're, they're the entertainment on it. Me, me and Al aren't, aren't anything compared to those two. We, we're, we just sit there laughing at them. It's, it's incredible. The... The back and forth that those two have is priceless. But um, a, a funny story from that first golf that I, I remember with Spinner was uh, Gordy loves to try and teach things he knows nothing about. <laughs> so and confirm. So he's trying to tell Spinner obviously how to play the game, <laughs> and I remember there was this concrete sound barrier to the side of the tee as he's criticizing Spinner for how he's hitting the ball. And then Gordy just slams one right into the concrete barrier and actually goes back behind him further than where he was teeing off. Classic. So that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and would it, that it, it, it's hard to recover, or come back and criticize somebody after you do something like that when the you know me, my dad, and Spinner are just crying, laughing at him after that. And oh, would man. that have been the same year as as that would have been at Hornby Glen, or was that at a different course? No, that was, I want to say that was my first uh, Dom Day Golf too. That was, uh, what was the course we did in the city? Oh, Royal um, Woodbine. Royal yeah, Woodbine. that was at Royal Woodbine. And he just hammered the sound barrier and it just goes right back behind him. We, we couldn't stop laughing after that. I was, I was in tears. Oh, there yeah. Was, there was one time where uh, Gordy was chirping Al like no tomorrow because I guess Al like screwed up his drive a couple of times. And Gordy goes to drive and his ball just like trickles off the tee and just like rolls like a foot. And Gordy like tosses his driver like 10 yards. And I was like on my knees crying, laughing after he was giving out the business, just saying, oh, you suck, you dickhead. What the fuck? Who brought you here? And then he does that. And I was like, holy shit. No, the, the best ones are always when... Uh... Gordy goes up to adjust the ball and he's, he does a million practice swings and then he goes up and he, sw he swings right through it. Doesn't hit the ball, misses everything completely. And we all just start dying because he can't recover from it. That was another practice swing. I, I wasn't trying to hit the ball there. Oh good, man. Good stuff. So I guess the next question about the McCray foursome is who pays for the beer or does it all show up on the course before? Uh, we're usually stealing beers out of Gordy's bag, if I'm being honest. But every, every now and then we have a money hole where uh, whoever loses ends up buying the round for everybody. So, Gordy's bag that I bought. <laughs> like, usually, like, <laughs> and it socked. Up, they, yeah, yeah, Brad, socked. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds about right. So, I'm stealing from Spinner then. Yeah. Oh, man. The one time where um, I, I, he, Gordy, it's when he was retired. And there was a time, I think it was. Um, we would we wouldn't have time to go on the friday morning so he tells me to go to the store and pick it up and 
I'm like, why am I going to get it? Like you're off. Like you've been off like the last five hours. Why haven't you gone to the beer store to get your, to get us beer? And he goes, you don't know how many years of Dom day I paid for your beer. And he goes, you're welcome. Now go to the store. You're welcome. You're <laughs> like, go like he is. He'll get so serious with that kind of stuff. Like it's the one time we were, go- we were going to the cottage and it was, um, it was actually recently. Um, sorry for the sidetrack, not really Dom day related, but, um, it's the Thursday was the holiday and I'm off work on the Wednesday and I'm thinking to myself, because we, we were supposed to leave for the cottage Thursday morning. And I'm like, well, we can't go to the beer store if it's going to be closed. I'm like, I probably should buy a beer now. And once again, Gordy's off. He's been off since like 1030 in the morning. It's now like almost six o'clock at night. I go home thinking, you know what? Ask Gord, be a good son. Ask him if he wants any beer or if he needs anything, you know, just be a, a nice, good son. I go home and I'm like, hey, Gord, um, maybe you went out. Maybe you didn't. Whatever. Do you need beer? And he goes, he's lying on the couch in borderline underwear doing nothing. And I was like, hey, Gord, do you need any beer? He goes, now that, you, now that you mention it, I do need some beer. Thanks, buddy. And mind you, he's never called me buddy unless he like wants something from me or he's trying to fuck with me. So he goes, yeah, buddy, get me a 12 pack of this, you know, a Mickey of this. And, you know, get me some, you know, mixed up a little bit. Give me some random stuff from the craft beer section. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you've had, you've been off work for six hours, done nothing. And you're making, are you sh- like, no, and I'm like, you're giving me your, your credit card. And I'm going, I'm sure. I'll get whatever you want with your credit card. I don't give a shit. And he's freaking just like, why do me like that Spence? Come on, buddy. Help me out here. Help me out, buddy. I'm like, get fucked. I was, I'm, I'm livid at this point. Cause I'm thinking you've been like, oh my God. And the worst thing is I'm literally him. I'm the spitting image of his attitude. Like if it comes, if someone, at least you're not the spitting image of him. Well, uh, there's hair. something I'm cursed with, but, <laughs> but oh my God, it was so funny. It was like, he'll every chance he gets, if I ever like have any of his beer, he'll literally come up to him and be like, did you have my beer last night? I'd be like, yeah, I'd want it to five bucks, please. And he's serious, dead in the face. Like looks could kill. He's just like, five bucks he's like you know how many times i paid for your beer you're welcome so 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 spencer i was gonna say i think that thursday night that you had to go and buy him all this this booze you ended up at the woods cottage and i happened to be there and and uh i think gord had the gall to complain about the amount of cheese you had been eating and the cost of cheese yeah and i think that kind of wound the nerve of the there. guy a lot of cheese was consumed right well i mean like and here's how I think about it. I, I have cottage cheese at work for my break because I was going through a lot of other things that weren't like weren't make keep me hungry or they so they weren't keeping me like satisfied for until lunch. So I was like, what can I have that's like protein packed, but like, you know, pretty easy to like make at night. And I was like, hmm, cottage cheese sounds pretty good. So I put some Frank's red hot sauce in there with some with some, some pepper. Unreal. Unreal. So whenever I go to the store and usually he goes to Costco and he'll buy a brick of cheese, like a, one of those big bricks. And now at times, now there've been times where I've put a little bit too much cheese on my nachos at night and he'll walk by and making that and he'll like blow a gasket. He'll be like, did you pay for that cheese? And I'm just like, it's in the fridge. It's anybody's cheese, Gordy. He goes wrong again. No. 
that's uh, put that back in the fridge. I'm just like, no, it's it's already it's already made. I'm not no. And he'll lose his mind. But I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But I mean, I definitely go to the store with for them and I buy like a whole bunch of stuff that they need sometimes. But for the most part, I buy my own cheese now. Good stuff. And and Ian, what about you? I mean, your dad has a reputation for being cheap as well. Did he ever charge you for cheese or beer? No, you know what? I got to give Al uh, credit where credit's due. He's uh, honestly never asked me for a bill. But to be, you know, I... I Must be I, nice. I, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Has, oh, has yeah. he stuck you with the uh, one? Oh, of course. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> okay. you know what? He, he pays for enough that I'll... Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take this one from you. It's okay. And he, and he always gave you enough money for your his McDonald's cheeseburger. I, I think that was a bone of contention on the last episode with, with him. A quarter pounder with cheese nothing. Yeah, he... Yeah, I think so. Although I don't, you don't, you don't need too much more McDonald's anymore. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Went to his hair. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice, Cote. Didn't give a fuck. So, our next story that we wanted to talk about, and we kind of talked about it briefly, but but Spencer, I think it took you a bit to win your first Dombe. How many years yes. did it take you to win a first uh, your first game in Dombe? Not your first title. Um, it took me three years. I think um, my third year, I'm pretty sure I was playing for the Titans because I played for the Grays, Rebels, and I believe it was the Titans, and that's when I broke my leg. So that year, it counts, but in my mind, it doesn't really count like that because, I mean, I, I, was, I was on the IR. So it didn't go against the cap. But um, You were was, on the IR when, when the Titans won? Yeah, I remember no, when he... The yeah, Titans didn't I, win though that year. They won a game. They won a game. Oh they yeah, won a game. And yeah, you were so on the that, sidelines. Yeah. Wow. That, did, that didn't go against. Yeah, so that doesn't so. that doesn't count. No. Yeah, so. so yeah, and then uh, you're still shit then. <laughs> can't confirm. Remember so, when you bro- remember when you broke your leg and Gordy was like, "Ah, it's just a scratch. You're fine." <laughs> Literally became off the field and Gordy's like, "Walk it off." And Kimmy like almost <laughs> lost her mind. Goes to the doctor. Yeah, you snapped it. Oh, I've okay. never like my like we actually saw an x-ray of my leg and it was like, it was held together by like combined like four millimeters of bone. That's it. And I was like, Holy shit. I really did damage on this thing. And then Gordy and then both Colin, like Colin tells me afterward, <laughs> like me and him were both in the outfield or like he might've been on the sidelines. And he was like, just catch the friggin' ball, idiot. <laughs> and I was like, you're a dickhead. Uh, that's good stuff. So oh, I guess, man. I guess it takes you three years to win. Yeah, uh, and you said there was a story about Donnie once he won. Why don't you just kind of quickly tell us that one? Again? Um, yeah. So I guess I think I caught the last ball to actually win the game, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I actually won a game in Dom Day, and I think uh, Donnie called me over. I'm pretty sure and said, uh, "Can I see the ball for a second? I was like, "Yeah, whatever. It's not mine." And then he friggin' signs it, and uh, he said, "I think he's like." Dear Cabbage, congrats on your first win. Love Donnie. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Donnie, do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have it or did you chuck yeah, it? Yeah. I, I actually had it on display for a long time. And then I guess, according to Kimmy's standards, my room wasn't up to snuff. So she cleaned it and I'm not sure where it went. But I'm, yeah. I asked her about it and she, she's like, I don't know where it went. I'm like, well, you clean my room. You should, you should know where it went. She's like, I don't keep track of your stuff. I'm like, well, if you didn't touch my room, you wouldn't have to deal with that. But I'm not sure where it went. There's a lot happening at this. Point. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, you're, no, you're I, not. You're paying way too much in rent by the sounds of it. I think you to, need a better. I don't deal. know. He's getting maid service. Is he paying enough? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this could be a, a short film. 
Like we ought to, we ought to think another about one. this. Yeah, another one. <laughs> so, so Spencer, maybe the next question. So we talked a bit about all of your 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 challenges winning your first, but you've had a good run since. How many uh, titles? I have four, I think now. And who are they with? Do you remember? Two of the tavern. Um, one in between the tavern was um, with high flyers. And then I think a little bit to think of that one. <laughs> Sorry, my apology. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if I won it with other time. Um, it was, I think I actually it might have been three times at the tavern. It was the tavern two in a row and then high flyers and tavern again. Good yeah, I think it might have been th- three with the tavern. So that now puts you tied for the most amongst young guys um, tied with. Ian, Kevin, and, and Taylor Maroc. Um, what would no, be? I, some... I, I don't have four. I only have. I only have three. You only have three. Well, yeah. We'll have to go back into the history books and fix that one. Um, makes you a little more catchable for us losers. Um, <laughs> so Spencer, I guess, what would be your advice for somebody who who loses a couple and then gets on a run like you? Um, just never get too high. Never get too low. Just, uh, I guess, just keep having fun. I don't want to go to your head. Um, I've, like, I don't think anyone's ever gone over before. And, you know, look at me, look at me now. Not a big deal, but. Um, <laughs> and be, be thankful for all the support you get at home. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I think remember. even, even then just like, rem- <clears throat> like realizing like the people you have, like it's not about the baseball that much. It's about like the people that you have around you, even like with family, just even at Dom day. Like he, like when I broke my leg and like all everyone that reached out, like it just, it, it dawns on you that, you know, people that are there, like, just because I'm Gord's kid or Kimmy's kid, like they, like they just reached out because they know of me because I am with them. And that was huge because I hate, I I hated missing Don, like that, like that, I mean, home that night after missing Remos, I was beyond pissed. I was like red in the face, like just angry as hell that I was like not able to I guess and especially play, play on Mike's team like that was like playing with family that was, was pretty sweet and ended that way I was very upset but uh you know just you kind of just like uh, get back in the saddle and just kind of keep going and if I'm correct that I think that that was the greatest night at Remo's ever no just kidding just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> All righty, Spencer. Well, well, well thought out. I think that's some fantastic messages. So we're going to pivot now. We talked about that one franchise that Spencer had a little bit trouble reminding himself of, of him winning. Um, a new franchise was born. Dom Day 36. All hail the Rocket Appliances. Ian, where'd the name come from? What was that all about? Uh, well, me and my university buddies were uh, big on the trailer park boys at the time. So we'd uh, toss Ricky at Rickyisms at each other frequently. And one that we really liked to use was uh, rocket appliances. So in the episode, he's explaining how it, uh, instead of saying it doesn't take rocket sciences to know how to steal an ATM machine, he says rocket appliances. <laughs> so that that's where that originated from. Um, yeah. And, and your first and your first year, I mean, it's it's a year that we talked about a lot on this show. A lot of people said their their favorite year was, you know, one of their favorite memories was the year that that Donnie showed up on the limo. Um, you know, Chevy gets fired. 
But what we don't talk about is the franchise that the Danish Tarts beat in the finals. Who was yep. it? That was uh, that was us. We uh, we started zero uh, three that tournament, and um, I remember walking out to the outfield to the pissers, and I uh, met our producer extraordinaire out along the way, uh, Dizzy, and we ended up having a discussion about the batting lineup, and I ended up switching something up, and we made it. You know, after that, we didn't lose a game until we got to the finals. And, you know, obviously we uh, beat the team of fate that year or lost to the team of fate that year in the finals. And, you know, it's uh, as heartbreaking as it is. It was a heartwarming story at the same time, you know, getting to see Donnie come to the field uh, with Kinger in the limo. I mean, uh, you know, as much as you're on the wrong side of history at that time, it was still a, a, a beautiful memory to be a part of. That's great stuff. Donnie, do you remember, do you remember your, you guys beating the piss out of the, the, that rocket appliances team in that final? Yeah. I was just thinking I, it was a big score. Wasn't it? Was it a yeah, big I, score? I think it got ugly real quick. Yeah. And, but, but likewise, the tarts had a terrible start too, because when we yeah. rolled in the limo, we were Owen too. And, uh, and then Chevy got gassed and feuds put Kinger and I at the helm and it was we never lost again. So uh, it was just, as, as Cash said, it was fate. So we were destined at that point. So. Dizzy, you want to hop in? Well, I remember a big turning point that year was Coach Cash just tucking in all the jerseys. We you know what? It was the them. jersey tuck, wasn't it? Yeah. I do remember that. We started yeah. rolling. Something clicked. <laughs> I changed the batting lineup and we started tucking jerseys. It worked batting out. batting lineup had nothing to do with it. It was the jerseys. I remember that. <laughs> the jerseys. But it was I completely forgot about that. Yeah. That was great. When the limo rolled up, it was distracting for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So I was going to say, looking at that team, there are a few guys who probably would love a second chance with Destiny because that, you know, still waiting for a championship a few years later. Dizzy, obviously, and Matt Shepard both found the title elusive that year. Um, but Ian, you ended up bouncing back. The high, the uh, the rocket appliances walk away from a final champion uh, finals where they lost, and they come back and rebrand themselves as the high flyers. Gutsy move, but what made you do it? Uh, well, after an abysmal Dom Day thirty seven, where we barely beat out the Tarts in losing the franchise, so I believe Futes lost his franchise that year. I barely kept mine. There's a run differential or whatever. God knows whatever math Pete was using at the time to figure out who ended up losing their team. <laughs> but um, it wasn't I, 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 I was on the right side of that calculation. I, I don't know if there was a VIP connection in there, there was, or something, there was. but uh, <laughs> I managed to keep my team. And uh, I don't know. I think um, I, I felt like I was trying to make a joke with the rocket appliances and it wasn't really landing. Uh, so I decided to rebrand to the high flyers. So at the university, uh, our co-ed hockey team, all of our buddies, we would get, uh, just, we would get really stoned before our game. So we tried to come up with a team name that would <laughs> be appropriate for that. And we came up with the high flyers, uh, cause we were out there pretty high flying around the ice and, uh, it actually ended up working pretty well for baseball, you know, a high fly ball. So, uh, just carried on that name from my university days. I'm sensing a theme here, Ian, with this. Uh, where do I, where do I, not at least, at least my, on my side, where do I want, not want to send my granddaughter to for university? Uh, Brock university. So <laughs> your you hometown, your hometown there, there coach. You go. you got it, I, I, I used you're to go to this. A, I used to go to the same guy. gym as Danny. Ah, there you go. You're probably a smart guy then. Yeah, <laughs> not, not really. 
Beautiful. Lots of good bars. You've probably been to a couple of them. Oh, all the food. Me and the pepper and uh, the yeah. Pepper, Kville. Oh God, when they had dollar beer night. Ugh. See ya. That, that good, good high time. flyer good time. Cat's Moose, you been there a couple times? Oh yeah, every, everywhere. You name yeah. it, I've been. I've been. I, I bet. Good for you. Great that, town, thank Catherine. That, Loved that it. High Flyers team. Justin had some weird weirdos on it. And the, the championship team. Like, yeah, and you look and we'll, at that lineup. Let's, like, let's that, go over that list. We're <laughs> going to get to that in a second, but before sure. I, I just want to preface one thing. So, um, as we talk about the High Flyers winning the Rain Bowl, <clears throat> I just want to be clear that they become the second second generation team to win a Dom Day title. Once again, that's the second second generation team to win a Dom Day title. Yeah. Who's the yes, first, Justin? Who was the first? I, I can't remember, but they wear blue and gold and they look damn good in it. Um, but <laughs> that, was that Howie's team? <laughs> <laughs> For that year it probably was. Howie was the coach. <laughs> he was a great you were, you were the figurehead. You were yeah. the figure that was a good team that year, Justin. I'll admit that. That was a good team that year. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But anyways, as I was saying, the second offspring team to win a championship was the High Flyers winning in Dom Day 38. I'm going to read the roster to you guys because it doesn't jump out at you. But <laughs> Ian McRae, Brennan Buff, Nick Wolf, Jordan Niskanen, Spencer McRae, Brent Ellis, Steve McNabney, Brett Lamb, Jeremy Wolf, and Fergie. Donnie, what are your Great thoughts? Great team. Great team. I don't know. I think Bart Buff was unbelievable that year. If I no, remember. he was he was wasted half of the games. You should have seen him in the finals. But did didn't he have a good year? No. Oh yeah, he, he did. He, yeah, uh, dropped a couple in the finals after having a few too many, but uh, made up for it with his batting. <laughs> and Nick was Nick. I mean, he was he was probably solid. You know, uh, <laughs> it's when you get down to the bottom there, it looks a little scary. You know, uh, yeah, he shocked me quite a bit though. Like we were playing his team. Um, I think we were facing them in the finals. It was, uh, what team was I on? No, we Spencer, you were on this team. You were on this no, team. No, I mean a different year. Because it was with when um, Wolfie won, won it with um, Amanda Shepard's now husband. Yeah, I forget PCO, like yeah. I forget what team I was on. But, I like, was he, on that team. And he, he, he places outfielders in such a way that, like, the ball, like, literally went to, like, anyone, anyone he moved, the ball literally went to right to them. And I was like... How is he? How is he doing this? It was like he's playing like a Could video game. Yeah, Nick? he places players in such a way that like the ball literally went right to them, just like. Oh, let's let's get to the scouting report. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're, we're not going to give him any on, credit on this. No. No. Like, this I, was, I, was, I was impressed. I was impressed. Jesus Christ, Spencer, we you had, do remember the high once. flyers for crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, Spencer, you do remember he gave you the silver brick, right? Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Fair enough. So, so Spencer, what was that like for you getting to play with Ian? Was that, was that fun or, or how was Ian as a coach? Ian's unbelievable as a coach. He's a great coach. I think, um, I find That's at least better than you, your dad. Oh, <laughs> I don't yell at him much. but, um, I just find that when you play with guys that you, you know, don't really get to know, obviously me and Ian know, know each other pretty well, but like having me and him play together it actually like i think it definitely like enriched our relationship as like family and cousins like even more so like we can always refer reflect back to that and then always um like shoot the shit with that kind of stuff but like i just find that it definitely like even playing with without who without family it's still like you enrich your relationship with people that you, that you don't really know very well that much better like i realized playing with um brennan buff like me and him are actually closer now because we won together and pl- because we played together. 
Whereas, I mean, like obviously me and Ian are still obviously like pretty close and because we're family, but I mean, it definitely enriches your relationship with people you're around for sure. That's good stuff. So Ian, the other question we had for you about this, this high flyers winning the championship the year before you had Nick Wolf. Um, and we talked about this very briefly with Nick, you gave Nick the brick a year later, we were all stunned that you went back to the wall and brought, brought Nick back. What was the thought process there? Was this the long con on, on motivating Nick? I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to pretend like I'm that smart, but I, I don't think I am. Um, so I, I felt trapped to something I was told to avoid, uh, the year before, um, when I drafted Nick Wolf, I remember my dad telling me now, don't let him pick the team for you. Yeah. And of course he comes and sits right beside me as soon as I draft him. And, you know, we're, we're picking the wolf pack 2.0 and we end up, you know, <laughs> and I'm not going to blame him for it as the coach. I, I, I own the team that year. Um, but I, you know, I just think his performance wasn't that good that year. And I did feel a little, you know, he, he, he earned the brick. And, uh, so the next year that ended up dropping his stock. Um, he ended up being available in the third round. And I mean, I don't think I've had a Dom day where Nick's gone below the first or second round. So when he was available in the third, it was a no brainer. I mean, you're going to get a gamer like that in the third, you're going to take it. So I had nothing to do with his previous year's performance. I just knew that um, taking him was uh, a great choice, especially if I wanted to win. And I, I still remember picking him and looking over at him and the shock on his face that I took him was priceless. I, I, I still remember that. He's like, Oh, so, oh, he took me. Okay. All right. Plus, hey, plus, hey, Donnie, Donnie, let's yeah. talk about something else besides Nick Wolf. I know. No, I think, a, you know, Ian, that, that gave you at least two picks you could pick on your own and then Nick could pick the rest of the team. Oh, so no, he good. didn't. He didn't approach me. He was worried I'd give him the brick again. <laughs> so, Ian, then maybe, okay, besides Nick and, and Spencer, I, who is the underrated guy on this team? Because like Donnie said, the bottom kind of falls out in the bottom half. Like you look at the bottom half of the roster, you go, okay, not a lot of names jump out. There's no Justin sizes. There's no Paul Coates. Uh, there's no Mike Donnelly. So how do you get it done? Like who is the guy in the bottom half of the, the order that really jumped out? Honestly, looking at that bottom three, all three of those guys played great. So Lammer, uh, Jeremy Wolf and Fergie, they were, they were hitting consistently. And when it's, you ask anybody who wins in Dom day, it's, it's your bottom guys that when they're hitting, it's clicking. You, you, you can't, you can't lose. So when they were getting on base every time, turns the uh, lineup over, and then you're, you know, you got Brennan Buff, myself, and Spinner just gonna bat everybody home. It was, it was easy. It was easy with those guys uh, playing the way that they did. And then Spencer, coming out of this, you got a good Christmas gift for me. And after you guys won together, do you remember what that was? Yes, uh, hoodie. It doesn't fit me anymore, but uh, it was. It was nice to see that. It was, like I said, it definitely brought us closer together. And it was like, I saw it and I was like, that's like the best gift I could have had. So that the was championship that was, hoodie. Yeah. Championship? It, it was. Yeah. Weird. Cause my, my favorite Dom day memorabilia piece that I have is the purple sweater that I won with um, the snappers back in 2011. My girlfriend currently owns it, uh, but uh, <laughs> make sure you get it back. Yeah, well, you know, obviously <laughs> right. she takes good care of it, so it's okay. Good, but yeah, awesome. so I want I wanted Spinner to have something like that, so I uh, we ended up doing um, Christmas that year, and I got Spinner as the guy I was buying a gift for, and uh, that's what I got him. That's great. Got, got it. Two a nice fucking relative. 
got it two sizes too small, but he was able to squeeze in it for the first night. So I'm, I'm sure the other nine guys will be fucking thrilled when they hear about this. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. I got them the championship. They should be happy with that. I got them the championship. Right away, Cash. I love, I love it. it. That's why we love you. Love you, Ian. Alrighty, guys, we're going to get into final words in a, in a couple seconds, but Spencer, I'm going to give you one last chance uh, on some, some, a memory that, that jumps out at you. I know one of the, the memories that the young guys talked about was about you showing up with a cooler full of empties. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? That's all right. Um, that was one of the first years that I think Mike and Colin brought back bowling. So I remember prior to that, I think it was a super hot weekend, one of the very, very hot weekends. So we had brought like a couple, I think it was like two 24 packs of waters in the cooler. Plus I, I brought a 12 pack for drinking for pre-drinking before going bowling. And I left the cooler in the woods room because we were pre-drinking there. And I remember, I remember waking up being like, Oh shit. Yes. There's water in the cooler. Fuck. Yes. So I, I went to, I went to their room, grabbed the cooler and it seemed a lot lighter, but then again, there's Gord. He was like yelling at me to grab the cooler. Stop wasting time. We have, we have to get the field. We have, we have a game in a half an hour. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm walking, I'm walking the cooler down, you know, down to our seats. I open it up and my entire emotion of like having water that day was crushed. It was just empty beer cans in the cooler and I was livid. And I told, I texted Mike and Colin, I was like, thanks assholes. I have no more water to drink today. And they were dying laughing. They like, they were just like tears in their face. Like, the, like they couldn't handle it. And I was like, this sucks. And Gord, and Gord looks at me and goes, you can't leave a cooler in their room. And I'm like, obviously not. And I was just like, absolutely like beyond pissed. Cause I was so thirsty. I, my head was pounding and I was like, I just want some water. Did Gord go to the store for you and buy another case? No, I think <laughs> myself or Kimmy did. Cause he was like, this is my weekend. I'm at the field. I'm not moving. And I was like, all right. Good stuff. Ian, Ian, any other kind of big memories that jump out that we haven't talked about for you? No, not really. I mean, you guys touched on uh, all the big ones for me, at least. Um, actually, one that I uh, I think was really special to be a part of was um, in Dom Day 40 when I was part of Hotel, uh, putting one up for Mrs. P. That was that was really special, especially against uh, Bears boys. That was uh, that was special to be a part of that one. Uh, we had a, we had a great team too. Yeah, that special ops outfield was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Good. Did you guys win it? Did you guys win it that year, babe? Did you win? Yeah, it? we yeah. did, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. finally got back on uh, from Black Sunday. Got some revenge. It was good. Felt good. All righty, guys. We're going to get into some final thoughts. Spencer, why don't you just give us some final thoughts on on Dom Day? Um, just it's it's hard to put into words how powerful and important that weekend is. I think that I was even talking to Gordy about this and I was saying how, if you're not like, <laughs> a, like if you don't have that sort of connection to the weekend, you kind of walk in there, you're like, Hey, like, why is this weekend so special? And then I'm thinking like, if you're like a part of, if you know people there and you know how much effort goes into that and you know how much people care about it, it's, hugely important to the people that went to high school at Thistletown and at uh, the other high school. Um, I don't even know what the high school is, but um, it's better than yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. one of the two high schools. West I don't Humber. Know. West Humber. West Humber. What, what street where, was that where, on? 
we're out of time tonight. We're out of time. <laughs> but uh, just it's it's a great weekend. <laughs> it's a great weekend. Um, very very underrated, and I'm I'm very glad that even though with COVID happening, that's that's not going to be. Um, it's a temporary hurdle that next year we'll be back in action, and it'll be even better to once we get it going next year. Ian, final thoughts. Oh, I mean, Spinner's really hit the nail on the head with all that, but it's just, you know, it's um, growing up with it, you don't really understand how special it is until you can gain a little perspective on it. And as awful as COVID has been, it's one of those things where you, you don't really know what you have until it's gone. So missing out on that camaraderie and, you know, not being able to hang out with everybody and hear all the stories and just, just the rich history. That's all a part of Dom day and what it is. It's there's, there's so much more to it than just baseball. Um, and it's, it's so special to share that with so many people that, you know, I've, I've grown up with and they, they know what that experience is like, you know, having having family in it, like spinner or, you know, even, people like the Woodses and the Filmans that I've grown up with, you know, it's, you've had this big family all around you your entire life. And it's, I, I just feel so lucky to be a part of something like this. It's, it's just really special. Amen. Cote, final thoughts. Well, I, I know that uh, Cabbage and Spinner spend majority of the time on the third base line. So don't probably see as much of, of, of those guys as I'd like to, but certainly, um, Two, two amazing individuals, obviously high respect for as much as we, 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 we chirp both of their parents. They're both, both of their parents are amazing individuals and great friends. And uh, I love both of these guys. They are awesome. And I uh, truly wish that there was more events. We could spend more time together because uh, it's twofold. Great to have you guys on. And, and you guys are both uh, amazing sons of, uh, of a couple of Dom Day legends and uh, great to be your friend. Abe, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the McRae family and it brings in really three families, not only the McRae's, but the Philmans and the Burnett's and, you know, all very special to myself and our family. And and to see Spencer and Ian, you know, embrace Dom Day the way they do, uh, it's great to see. And they're, they're great guys. And we've got, you know, we've had lots of fun moments with everybody, but they're, you know, they're truly like, you know, nephews uh, for us. And just, you know, I'm just thrilled that they're part of this and, and they came on tonight. And I love the story about Al, <laughs> you know, smoking a joint in, yeah, at her Canada Center. It, it, and just classic Al. Yeah, and it, it is vintage Al, you know, and that's what I would remember of Al. And, and to hear the Gorp stories, you know, that's sort of what I expected. So it is great to have you guys on. And I can't wait to see you guys again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Donnie, final thoughts. Yeah, great stuff. I love that Al story too, and and uh, you know, just I I'd never heard it, you know. So what it was just this year, was it? Cash? No, that happened back in uh, 2013, 2014, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Spencer I, I, was in great, or Ian was in grade six then. Did he still have <laughs> that tuft of hair on his head? As he was telling it, I was thinking of the Don Rickles story, which we haven't touched on in the in one of the podcasts yet. So we'll we'll get to that at some point too, but. But no, these guys like uh, so I, you know, obviously I knew their parents uh, uh, before they came along. And uh, actually, uh, other than Dom Day, 
that's the only time I really ever seen cabbage is at Dom day. Right. So every Dom day watched him grow up from, uh, you know, ankle high all the way up. And I just remember when he was, uh, getting, I guess around 10, 11, whatever, he was just so excited for Dom day. I mean, you could just tell he it was the greatest weekend of his year. And he used to, you know, he used to quite often end up standing beside me, just talking about Dom day, just talking about Dom day. And you know, like he wanted in, he wanted in and he it was like, he was like, you know, asking me, can I get in? <laughs> you know? And, uh, so just, just great. And just the way he's turned out and just, uh, just a real solid person. And then with, uh, with Ian, so, you know, Alan and I go way back and, and, uh, actually when I, I used to go watch, Ian won't remember this, but I used to go watch him play hockey when I would, when I would come up on my visits from the States. And, uh, and actually I remember a game in in particular was uh, when he was playing for Halton, I think it was Halton and uh, my girls, I had my girls in carriers and uh, we went to watch Ian uh, play what was probably cross ice or half ice hockey, something like that. And so that, uh, that hur- hurricanes were full ice. They was were it full, full ice. ice. Yeah. yeah. Al was coaching and uh, yeah, so it was great, but I would, so I would periodically see them. And then remember when you guys lived over on in Hyde park, right. Or uh, down near there. I forget. That, that would have been just before I was born, but Runnymede. Yeah. That was where they, yeah, uh, yeah. that's where I was born. So, and then again, just really only seeing them at Dom Day and stuff. And then both came into Dom Day with a lot of pressure, right? Because they're, they're, as you guys said, they're sons of legends, right? So they came in they, and they knew, I think, that they were going to get it hard. And we knew we were going to give it to them hard, right? So when they, when they both came in, I mean, I remember when Ian first came in and his first at bat. I mean, it, it was the decibel meter must have been huge on that one. Cause no, we it was, on... you, you could hear a pin drop. That's <laughs> yeah. how quiet it was <laughs> yeah. until you, yeah, you guys out. did the opposite. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Then it's, yeah. then it <laughs> erupted. Yeah. So, but you know, just to, again, to see the way that Ian, Ian has turned out and what great guys they are and, and just fun to be around and, and great re- reflections of their, their parenting. And we, we were lucky to have them in the tournament. Great, great, uh, great role models for the future generation. So good guys. Yeah. Awesome stuff. And, and just some final words for me, guys. I mean, for me, I, growing up as a part of, you know, the second generation of Dom day, I, I mean, back at Spencer and I, I think of, you know, that, that pesky kid with, with the buzz cut, always kind of hop, skip and jumping over from third base, looking to do his time, time trial runs, uh, always had a smile on his face and, and he was the youngest out of uh, all of us. So naturally that made him, you know, the guy that we, we definitely love to rise, definitely love to pick on, but he just kept bouncing back. That was the one thing about Spencer. And, and, you know, we joke about his favorites, the song being tub thumping by, by Chumbawamba. He gets knocked down and gets back up again. Still a That's Spencer McRae. Um, but I got to say, you know, kind of seeing what Spencer has grown into from being that kind of happy go lucky kid into somebody who's now four Dom Day championships into building a legacy, um, a guy who is noticeable when he's not in the room um, and, and always likes to add a bit of a leg kick at the end of a home run celebration <laughs> in the basement of the woods is uh, cottage doesn't end so well, but um, honestly, just a ton of fun and, and great to be around. Uh, I mean, Spencer, I got a ton of respect for you and hope one day 
uh, you bring a Dom Day franchise into it because I think you could do a little better than Gordy can. And then as far as, yeah. And then as far as Ian, I mean, Ian's not somebody who is somebody who I didn't really know until frankly, I was a little bit older. Um, and I didn't even know you existed to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, honestly, my first real experience with Ian was, was, uh, on, on that whippersnapper team, um, which is definitely a big memory for me, but I, I think that the friendship that we've, we've grown since, um, definitely, um, a healthy rivalry when it comes to the two franchises, um, you know, wanting to one up each other. Um, but just, you know, one of those guys who is incredibly passionate about this tournament, um, between Spencer and Ian, I don't think there are many guys who love this thing more. Um, and, and when, you know, we kind of talk about where this tournament's going to go, uh, over the next 42 years, when we get back, I, I look at Spencer and I look at Ian and I know, you know, that these are, are two guys who are going to build fantastic legacies. So looking forward to getting back at the field with everybody, looking forward to sharing some more memories. That's all for us tonight, guys. So be sure to like rate and subscribe to the Dom Details podcast, and we'll see you next time. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell. Did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why if they told you you would cry? So just look at them and sigh. Look at them and sigh.